Okay, so I want you to turn, though, now to 1 Corinthians 12. Turn your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 12. We're in a series called The God I Never Knew, talking about the Holy Spirit. Um, can I just ask you, are you enjoying the series? I think it's fantastic. Um, we've been answering some questions about the Holy Spirit, and last week was, is he Pentecostal? And I enjoyed that message, sharing that with you. This week, I like the title, too. This week, I've entitled the message, Is He Charismatic? <clears throat> I mean, you know, if, if he's, is he Pentecostal or is he charismatic? Uh, now, uh, charismatic comes from a Greek word, charisma. Uh, and let me give you a definition if you want to, if you like one that you like to write things down. Charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. Charisma is the instantaneous enablement of the Holy Spirit in the life of any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. So I'll leave it up for a moment so you can write it down. Let me tell you about this Greek word charisma. Charis, C-H-A-R-I-S, is the Greek word for grace. Uh, there are several people that named their daughters grace, uh, charis, uh, and I think that's great. I did have one friend, though, that said to me, I'm thinking about naming my daughter Karis. And I said, I really wish you wouldn't do that. And um, he was kind of shocked. He said, why? I said, well, because your last name is Maddox. Then her name would be Karis Maddox. So anyway, um, <clears throat> and he decided not to. But the point is, Karis means grace. When you put the ma on the end, it simply means gift. Gift. So charisma means grace gift. Grace gift. And yet somehow we've gotten afraid of this word, charismatic. Uh, we'll use this word sometimes speaking of someone, and we'll say he's a very charismatic individual. What that would mean is he's a very gifted individual. Now listen to me again. I know there's a cultural definition of the word charismatic, but please hear me because of what it means from the Bible. Grace gifted. All of you are charismatic. All of you have gifts that God gave you by grace. Would you agree with that? So what, what I'm trying to do in this series is take away the miscommunication about the Holy Spirit. Another way to say it is fear. I mean, a lot of people are actually afraid of the Holy Spirit, and that's horrible. So 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, here's the reason I wanted to talk about this verse just for a moment. Uh, a lot of believers are ignorant about the Holy Spirit. Now, he didn't say stupid. doesn't mean stupid. It just means that you haven't been taught. If you're ignorant about a subject, you just have not been taught about that subject, or you've been taught misinformation. He says spiritual gifts. This word spiritual is the Greek word pneumatikos. I even put it up um, there so you could see it. Pneumaticos means empowered by breath or wind. Look at the first part of it, pneumatic. You've you probably sometime heard about a pneumatic drill or something. It means it's powered by air. Okay, now concerning spiritual gifts. Let me say it another way. Now concerning gifts that are empowered by the breath of God. Okay, we'll say it one more time because it's got to really catch you. You've got to catch this. Now concerning gifts that you can only move in if you allow the Holy Spirit to breathe in you. That's what he's saying. Those are spiritual gifts. The words now concerning, just to give you a little, again, a little Bible lesson here. 
they're in the uh, they're in First Corinthians six times. The reason they're there is because Paul wrote a letter to the Corinthian church before First Corinthians. First Corinthians is actually the second letter that he wrote. Uh, I don't know. We don't know what happened in the first letter. I personally think that the Lord said to him, uh, "That's not getting in the Bible, uh, buddy. Uh, you're going to you're gonna have to get better if you wanted to get in the Bible." So, so he writes a letter, and then they wrote one back. First Corinthians chapter five, he says in the epistle earlier letter that I wrote you, and in chapter seven it says in the now concerning the letter you wrote me. And this is all in First Corinthians, all right? So when it says now concerning, he's answering the question that they had. Did y'all follow all that? I know this is in the Bible college class, but I just want to give you a little background here. So now concerning spiritual gifts, and uh, I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, I want to say the same thing to you. I don't want you to be um, uneducated about spiritual gifts. I can't do it all in one message. You need to know that. Uh, So we have other classes. You need to take classes. You need to learn. You need to study. But many, many people have no clue how many gifts there are or how they work. And I'll just tell you, I put the gifts into four categories of gifts, okay? There are the motivational gifts, and those are in Romans 12. You, you, you have one of those. They motivate you. There are the uh, manifestational gifts, which we're going to talk about today. They're in 1 Corinthians 12. There are the ministry gifts. They're in 1 Corinthians 14. And there are the ministerial gifts in Ephesians 4. They're, those are not gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're gifts of Jesus, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Again, I don't have time to go into all that. But we're going to talk about the manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit today, charisma of the Lord, all right? So, 1 Corinthians 12, look at verse 7. There are nine manifestational gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Just, Just a question. I've asked you this before, but it's really important. Are you an each? Yes, you are. So you, these are for you. All nine of these are for you. It is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom, this is one of the gifts, through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the impart, imp, uh, pardon me, to another, discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each. One more time, are you in each? Okay, to each one individually as He wills. Now, let me explain something about this. Uh, You don't have one of these gifts. Don't go around telling people, I have the word of knowledge, or I have the word of wisdom. You don't have any of them. The Holy Spirit has all of them. And he distributes to each one for the profit of all. You can can minister in the gift of a word of knowledge at any time that the Holy Spirit allows you to do that. So any person, so I've heard people say, well, I have this. No, you don't. The Holy Spirit does. He has all nine of these. And he manifests, the word manifest means to make known. He makes them known through each one, everyone, as he wills for the profit of all. All right? So, what I did was, there are nine gifts. Uh, Many theologians do this. Uh, We divide them into three categories. That works out well for me because a good sermon always has three points. So, it's going to work out great. All right? So, here's the first category and the first three gifts. The discerning gifts. I'm going to go through three gifts that are what we call the discerning 
gifts. And I'll, I'll go through each of them, but they're just so you know, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. These are discerning gifts. So let me give you the word of knowledge first. Here's what a word of knowledge is. A word of knowledge is to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. To know something specific without having learned it by natural means. Now, because I'm going through nine, I can't, I can't uh, do like I would normally do. I could spend a class on each of these. But Jesus moved in these gifts because he moved with the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, when he was talking to the woman at the well, he said, go call your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, well, you, you said that right because you've had five and the one you're with is not your husband. Okay, that's a word of knowledge. Now, what many people would say is, well, he was Jesus and Jesus knows everything. You have to remember though, he laid down his divinity and he picked up his humanity. When Jesus was on this earth, he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. He came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. When he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him. Uh, he said, I cast demons out by the Spirit of God. So he moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I've had this and you've had this. I was literally one time walking down the aisle of the church, just greeting people before the service, said hi to this couple, took a step. The Holy Spirit spoke something to me. I stepped back and I said, you have a, a, an ex-business partner and some ex-employees that are speaking curses against your business and you need to go to war against that in prayer. And his mouth just dropped. And he said, you're exactly right. Had a business partner leave a year ago, took employees, and he's been and speaking, saying bad things about me all over town. And I said, you need to go to prayer because it's holding up some finances that people owe you. And again, he was just shocked. Now, I didn't know that by natural knowledge. The Holy Spirit spoke that. A few weeks later, he came to me and he said, uh, in the last few weeks, and he gave me the amount, and I don't remember it, but it was hundreds of thousands of dollars that people owed him that came in. All he did was go to prayer. So just, just want to know, anyone here want a word of knowledge like that, okay? It's not, these are good. These are good things when God speaks to me. Here's the second one, a word of wisdom. This is a divine answer or solution for a particular event. A divine answer or solution for a particular event. In John chapter 9, this man gets healed, and they said, we don't even know where this guy's from. And he said, well, this is a marvelous thing. You don't know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes. He said, since the beginning of time, no one has opened the eyes of someone born blind. And then he says this, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And you know what happened? They couldn't answer him. That's a word of wisdom. I mean, God gave him a wise answer. Would it be all right if God gave you a wise answer? answer or solution. Now, I got another. I don't, I just, it just dawned on me. I have two business illustrations right in a row. So maybe God's speaking to someone here. Uh, in 1985, my father owned a, his, a, his a company when I was growing up and uh, the economy went down. Uh, he had actually never fasted. I said, let's go on a fast for a week and ask God for an answer. And the Lord spoke to him during that time. He still remembers it and showed him how he could do two things uh, and reduce a million dollars of his debt. And he did those two things, and within just a few months, he had reduced a million dollars of, of his debt. And he remembers that to this day. Now, here's the point. It was, it was so wise, and, it, and we would have never thought about it, but God gave him a word of wisdom. Again, this is, I, just, I was sitting here thinking, I wasn't going to ask you that question about, would it be okay if God gave you a word of knowledge like this? But I had it that I was going to ask you, would it be okay if God gave you a million dollar word of wisdom? 
Okay, so there's some, there's some, there's some, some folks here apparently in business that uh, if you don't get it today, I feel sorry for you. You, you got to get this. You, you need to go to start going to prayer and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about it. Would that be okay? Because he knows a lot more about your business than you do, by the way. Okay? So, and the, here's the third uh, discerning gift, and it's discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits means to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. To be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. This happened when there was a girl following Paul uh, around and saying, these men are servants of the Most High, but she was uh, a fortune teller. And you say, well, she's saying the right thing. Yes, but he didn't want a witch confirming their ministry. So he knew it was a demon. He turned around and cast the demon out of her. And just like that, because he was aware, he became aware. Now, I want you to look at this for a moment. Discerning of spirits. That's this, this gift is called discerning of spirits. Now listen to me carefully. It is not called discernment. It's called discerning of spirits. Now listen, there is no gift of discernment in the Bible. Look and see. We're supposed to be discerning. We're supposed to have our senses trained so we can discern good and evil. We're supposed to discern, not saying that's wrong. I'm, just, I'm going to make a statement and it's going to get some of you. So just laugh about it with the rest of us, okay? <laughs> but most people that I've met, most, not all, but most that I've met that say, I have the gift of discernment, actually have the gift of criticism. Boy, I saw some nudges, wasn't that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I started some fights, so all right. Now listen, you may, you may be a discerning person, but you don't have the gift of discernment. There's not a gift of discernment. The reason I say criticism is because people seem to say, well, I have the gift of discernment, and they're actually very critical and very judgmental of other people, and they think that their opinion is God's opinion. And they blame it or validate it on, well, I have this gift from the Bible. Well, I'm just letting you know that gift's not in the Bible. But there is a gift of discerning of spirits, and I just discern that some of you have a critical spirit. So, okay. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Would it be all right with you if the Holy Spirit showed you a demonic or evil spirit that was coming against your marriage and you prayed against that? Or coming against one of your children? Or coming against your business? I'm telling you, I'm talking to some business folks. All right, let's keep going. Here's number two, the second category, the declarative gifts. The declarative gifts. Under here would be prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And I'll, again, I'll, we'll go over each one of them. Prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. In other words, all three use the tongue to declare, all right? First of all, prophecy is a message of encouragement from God through a person. A message of encouragement from God through a person. Now, please hear me. One who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. It never says correction. The spiritual New Testament gift of prophecy is encouragement. You will see many, many times the word encouragement or encourage used with this. Here's why I say this is because again, many people say, well, I have the gift of prophecy. And they think that they can correct other people and tag, thus says, thus says the Lord on the end of it. And I'd like to warn you about saying, thus says the Lord, when the Lord didn't say. Uh, scripture is um, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 31. Notice this, for you can all 
prophesy. I don't, I, know I don't ask you to do this a lot, but I just wanted to today. Uh, could you repeat the word all? Because this is the Bible. You can all prophesy. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn. I want you to notice the word learned. And that all may be encouraged. doesn't say corrected. It says that all may be encouraged. It also says all may learn. Prophecy is a learning. We, we learn. We learn to hear God's voice and we learn to speak it in an encouraging way. Uh, and there, I know that you probably heard some prophecies that uh, they just weren't God. You know, I understand that. People are learning. Uh, I heard about a fellow in Alabama and uh, he prophesied one. He said, he said, thus says the Lord, I know you're scared. Sometimes I get scared myself. Okay, well, that's not God. I know this is not good grammar, but God don't get scared, okay? But he was learning. He's trying to say, God was saying, hey, I know how you feel, but he don't get scared, all right? So, so we're learning. So I'll say more about prophecy in a moment because I'm gonna link tongues and interpretation of tongues to prophecy, and you'll see why in scripture in a moment. The next is tongues. Tongues is a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. Tongues is a message from God unknown to the person through whom the message comes. Now, well, I'm going to spend a whole message on tongues in two weeks. The next two messages will be the last two of this series. You don't want to miss the next two weeks, all right? Um, but in, I'm going to talk, we're going to talk about it. This is talking about the manifestation of tongues, not a prayer language. So we're going to talk about a prayer language. This is a manifestation of tongues. Uh, let me explain something to you. We believe that all the gifts are for today. I don't know how you could believe anything else personally, but I know people do. But we believe that all the gifts are for today. But I've been asked, why don't we hear tongues or an interpretation of tongues, you know, like in the weekend services. When we first began Gateway, 1 Corinthians 14 gives some boundaries for this gift. And one of the things it says is, if, you, if, you, if you're speaking in tongues and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he's going to say you're crazy. And so we, at the very first, we said it, it, it is for then when we, every weekend, we have unbelievers and uninformed people with us. And we want to see those people come to Christ and grow in Christ. But if you're in a meeting with all believers, then you could have tongues and an interpretation, but you need to have an interpretation. So the next one is interpretation of tongues. This is understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of the message in tongues. Understanding and expressing the thought or the intent of the message in tongues. Now, um, I have a scripture, but I'm trying to give you all time to, to write down um, the, um, you know, write the definition down. I know some people want to. So let me, let me say something. Um, it's the interpretation of tongues, not the translation. It's the interpretation, not translation. You say, what's the difference? Oh, it's, it's a very big difference. Interpretation is expressing the thought or the intent of what the person just said. Translation is word for word. The UN doesn't have interpreters. They have translators. That's because if somebody says something about a bomb, they will know exactly what he said about a bomb. Not what you think his intent was, but what his intent actually is. You understand what I'm saying? Like when I travel overseas, I, I don't have translators. I have interrupters, pardon me, uh, interpreters. <laughs> I was in Poland preaching one time and uh, this, uh, my, the interpreter didn't show up. 
And this guy said to me, I am, I am learning English. I will interpret for you tonight. Well, I didn't have another choice. So I was speaking, I'd say a phrase, he'd say a phrase, I'd say a phrase, he'd say a phrase. And then about every five minutes he would say, wait a minute. No, no, he would do like this. I remember he would go, oh. And then he'd say, just a moment. And then he would talk for like three or four minutes and then the whole church would go, oh. So I got to wondering, what was he actually saying? You know, like I would say, you know, Jesus' blood is the propitiation of our sins. And he might have said, I don't know what he just said. <laughs> okay, so let me show you a verse here about prophecy and the interpretation of tongues, all right? 1 Corinthians 14, it's probably just one page over if you want to look at it, verse 5, says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, I just want to stop just for a moment. That's in your Bible. And you say, yes, but Paul wrote that. Paul wrote it, but he didn't author it. The Holy Spirit authored it. This book was God-breathed. God breathed the phrase, I wish all of you spoke in tongues. Now, that's pretty strong. I'd just like to say, no matter what your religious background is, you're going to have to come to grips with that scripture at some point. I wish all of you did. Then I want to show you the rest of it because, again, we have so demeaned this gift of tongues and interpretation. Look, watch this. He said, I wish all of you spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. I've had a lot of people quote that to me, but watch the very next word. Unless, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification or strengthening, building up. Okay. Do you understand what that said? He said, the one who prophesies is greater unless it's interpreted. If it's interpreted, then it's the same. That, that's what he's saying. Unless, it's like going to a store and saying, okay, I have a 50% off coupon. And, you, and the person says, yeah, but this expired two weeks ago. You say, yeah, but it says 50% off. And the person says, yeah, it's 50% off unless, unless it's past that date right there. Are y'all following me? See, you don't have to know theology to understand this verse, but you do need to know grammar. <laughs> so don't tell me the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless it is interpreted. And here's what he's saying. I wish you all, I wish you all spoke with tongues and I wish all of you prophesied. Why? Because it is encouragement. Here's what he's saying. I wish all of you would encourage each other. Well, that was better than you thought. Let me just say it again. I wish all of you would encourage one another. All right, so, so interpretation, not translation, not word for word. Okay, so someone might give a short message in tongues, and someone might give a long interpretation. Or the other way around, there might be a long tongue and then a short interpretation. And people have used that to try and invalidate and say, well, see, it's not true because that was a short message and this was a long one. No, again, it's not word for word. It's interpretation. It's trying to express the thought or the intent of what, was, what the person understood by the Holy Spirit. All right, let me give you an illustration. If you ask my son, how was your day? I'm talking about James now. If you ask James, my son, how was your day? His interpretation of his day was fine. 
That is all you will get. If you ask my daughter, how was your day? She'll say, well, I woke up about six. I had a little bit of a sinus headache. I think it's because there's something in the air, but I had great pancakes this morning, really good pancakes. Both the girls slept well. Of course, Kate got up twice and Addie got up one time, but they are sleeping through the night now. I would say that work uh, late while I was working on a new message. Have I told you about the new message, Dad? Okay. <clears throat> you better have some time. <laughs> because her interpretation, are you following me? Of her day is going to be long. My son's interpretation of his day is going to be short. So you can have a long interpretation. By the way, I said, you know, my son says fine. Sometimes he doesn't even use words. <laughs> we were at the table one night, had all the family over, and we were going around talking, and then I said, hey, James, uh, how, how was your day? This is what he did. He went, And I wish you could just get the whole mental picture. We were eating spaghetti. And when he eats spaghetti, there's a continual stream. It never stops. It just, it goes in, it gets ground up, swallowed, more goes in. And so I said, how was your day? He went like, just like this. He just kept around on eating. And then I said to him, hey, did you have that meeting you were supposed to have today? He said, kept around on eating. So I said, how was the meeting? And, and you know, God marries us to the perfect woman. His wife, Bridget, said, use your words, honey. <laughs> okay, these are the declarative gifts. Here's the last category, the dynamic gifts. The dynamic gifts. The dynamic comes, and this would be faith, healings, and miracles, okay? Dynamic comes from the Greek word from Acts 1-8. It's in other places too, but that's the one that we're familiar with. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power is the Greek word dunamis. We say dunamis is the way we would say it, but dunamis is the way it would be pronounced. Um, and it means power, uh, but it means explosive power. For instance, there's another word we get from this, and that is dynamite. That's what it means. You shall receive dynamite when the Holy Spirit comes upon you power, so that when you're witnessing, this power just explodes out of you. That's what he's saying. So here are these, these three. Here's the first one, faith. Faith is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Now, the, I'm talking about, not, not talking about faith in general. I'm talking about this, this manifestational gift of the Holy Spirit is a supernatural impartation of belief and confidence for a specific situation. Let me say it this way. Would it be all right with you if you were going through a difficult time and the Holy Spirit just gave you faith that you're going to get through it? See, what I'm trying to tell you is the Holy Spirit's good and His gifts are good. Don't be afraid of Him and don't be afraid of any of His gifts. Here's the second under the dynamic gifts, gifts of healings. Gifts, plural, of healings, plural. Gifts of healings are supernatural endowments of divine health. Supernatural endowments of divine health. Um, I read this summer the, um, a biography of Oral Roberts. And I know people have good and bad, and I understand that. And so just for a moment, let's forget whatever you've heard or whatever you feel personally. But one of the reasons that he preached healing is because he was healed. 
When he was 17 years old, he had tuberculosis. And at that time, there, they did not know of any person that had been healed from tuberculosis. It was a death sentence. There was no vaccination. And uh, he was going to die. And his uncle or his brother, I've read two different accounts, but took him to a meeting to be prayed for. And he was lying in the back seat. He was, he was from weeks within dying. And the Lord said to him, I'm going to heal you tonight, but I want you to take my message of healing to the world. And I want you to build a university where young people can be trained in a Christian atmosphere. And he built, of course, Oral Roberts University, ORU. So, um, but that's why he preached healing. So whether you like him or not, the reason he preached healing is because he got healed. And let me just say this. I know many people have this a negative connotation. Well, you know, we shouldn't talk too much about healing. Okay, people have that connotation until you, they get sick. Amen. Or someone in their family gets sick. And it's not a bad thing if God heals you. That is not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And this is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And again, this doesn't mean that you have a gift that you go around and everyone you pray for gets healed. This means that you get healed. This, this is a gift of healings, plural. It means every one of them is important to God. And here's the last one, uh, working of miracles. Working of miracles, divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Divine intervention that alters our natural circumstances. Now I want to ask everyone at every campus and every affiliate church a question, okay? How many of you at some time in your life have experienced a miracle? Would you put your hand up? Now keep them up for a moment. Look around. At every campus, every, look around. Isn't that amazing? Okay, you can put your hands down. How in the world would we ever believe that God quit doing miracles? Let me just say something. There's no way he can stop doing miracles because he can't stop being God. And God is a miraculous God. When he gets up in the morning, he does a miracle. When he, if he wants coffee, he says, let there be coffee. That, that's the way he gets his coffee. <laughs> he is a miraculous God. He did miracles all through the Old Testament, all through the New Testament. Why would he have ever stopped? And let me just say something. If you've been saved, you've had a miracle. You've had a supernatural intervention in your life that altered your circumstances. So I want us to not be afraid of these. Any believer can move in any of these anytime when the Holy Spirit empowers us, all right? Let me give you an example. Uh, when we were in our, uh, the other building over on 1709, that's now the King's University campus, when we were over there, whoo, all right, King, let me say it again, King's University. <laughs> now, for those of you that would like to whoop during the service, we have enrollment coming up, all right, for the next semester, okay. All right, so. Um, but anyway, I, after the service, I would go out the uh, side door there, uh, you know, greet some people. Some, many times I'll meet pastors or missionaries that are in for the weekend, uh, and then I would go out this door. Well, I had to catch a flight or uh, something, and so I had to leave pretty quickly after the service. And so I left, and so this lady then after the service dismissed, she came over to the door where I normally leave, and, and she said, I'm, I'm waiting to talk to Pastor Robert. And there was a greeter there getting ready for the next service. And uh, he said, oh, I'm so sorry, but he had to leave early today. And uh, she said, oh, she said, I, I, I just want, I wanted him to pray for me. And this greeter said, well, I'll pray for you. 
And she said, well, I've, I've got a bad report, um, very bad. I've got these levels. They've been going the wrong way, and I go back tomorrow. And if they keep going the wrong way, then I have to go for uh, treatment. I got a letter from this lady about three months later. This is how I know the story. And uh, he said, well, I'd love to pray for you. So he prays for her. She, did, she told me in the letter, I don't know who he is, and I haven't even seen him since. I don't, he was just, he just, he was a greeter. His name tag said greeter. I mean, he had a name and then greeter. Okay, all right. So <laughs> it's, it worked out great. His name was greeter and he was a great greeter. Okay, so anyway, she went to the doctor the next day and all of her levels were normal, completely normal. And then... Three months later, she had to go back for the follow-up, and that's when she wrote me the letter after that. She said, I just got back from my follow-up three months later visit, and all my levels are still normal. And the doctor, the doctor said to me, ma'am, you've had a miracle. But here's the reason I tell you this. It's because Pastor Robert didn't pray for her. A greeter prayed for her. The Holy Spirit has a gift called the working of miracles. And he can manifest that gift through each one for the profit of all. Amen. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And every week we ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me? And I really believe, as I said, God is speaking to some business people earlier, but I think God speaks to all of us every weekend. I, I know he wants to, if we'll just listen. So I'm asking you, what's God saying to you? One thing is I don't want us as a church to ever be afraid of the person of the Holy Spirit, please. But I also want you to just maybe review these this week, review the message, listen to it again on the internet or something, and let the Lord speak further to you about things that he wants to do in your life. Not just for you, but also for others. And we want to pray for you. If you're going through a difficulty right now, maybe you have a bad health report. Or maybe it's something with your business or finances or with your marriage or family. If you're going through any difficulty or if you just need prayer for something, no matter which campus you're attending, and we're going to have one more worship song. As soon as we stand up, as soon, at every campus, please just as soon as we stand up, you, you say, I, I need prayer. As soon as we stand up, you just make your way to the aisle come to the front, or if you're in an overflow room, I know some of you are, you just make your way to the front of that overflow room and we're gonna have people there to pray for you. So if you need prayer at any campus, in any overflow room, come while we worship, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person at every campus that needs prayer in Jesus' name, amen.